All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Young Startup. Today, um, we have a special guest, someone from that that's actually from Germany, right? Yeah, from Germany. <laughs> from Germany. Young girl, phenomenal experience. Um, and we're going to be interviewing her today just to kind of dive into more of like the social media marketing influencer space. So to kind of kick things off, please meet Hannah. I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name. <laughs> we, have a, no. we, have a, we have a hard last name to pronounce as well, so I can resonate with that. But what we'll do is we'll get you to kind of kick things off. Please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing current state and also just the journey that you've kind of taken to get where you're at right now. Yeah, sure. So, hi guys. Nice to meet you. My name is Hannah. I'm 20 years old and I'm from Berlin, Germany. Um, yeah, my journey began quite early. I started with 15 years old, I believe. Um, I originally wanted to be a journalist. I always wanted to write articles and then the internet came into my life, basically. And it was just a cool thing to have a blog. So, I started having a blog. It was very, very basic so i just took pictures with my digital camera in front of a mirror of my outfits and that was basically the start of my fashion blogging career and yeah that built up over the years um i started as a full-time influencer right when i finished school that was my full-time job i earned money online while traveling the world which is basically wow. the dream nowadays but it, it really was a dream so i had an amazing time and um i still do content creation and being an influencer on YouTube, on Instagram, with my own blog. But in 2020, in January, I founded my own company called The Creator Concept. Um, we started by teaching others how to do content creation and influencer marketing the most professional way. Basically, how to earn money with Instagram as an influencer or as a content creator. And now we developed a little bit. We've grown, we've grown up a little bit. So um, right now, we actually are planning a rebranding um, launching in June. And um, our, our direction right now is to help other people earn money through social media, but not only as an influencer, but also with digital products like ebooks, online courses, memberships, and to scale service-based businesses. So um, yeah, we offer digital products. We have a membership, as I said, and we also do one-on-one -on -one coachings for service providers. So yeah, I'm a social media coach and influencer marketing expert, manager, and content creator myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a that's a definition of an entrepreneur there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit of everything. <laughs> I want to chat with you about your your education. You said um, you said you finished school. Are we talking post secondary? Are we talking uh, just secondary school, like grade twelve? I don't even know if they'll have a grade. Yeah, grade 12. in Germany okay. we call it Abitur. Okay, awesome, awesome. So you didn't even go into post secondary. You kind of just dove straight into the influencer life right after um, secondary school. I mean, it was always the plan to study someday. And I I, I started studying um, in, I think, <laughs> April of last year, but I quicked after like six weeks. Um, <laughs> so that was a great start into the educational part of my life. No, um, I finished school and then I started traveling the world because I was 18 when I was done with school. And I was like, okay, um, no, I want to see the world first. And I had a great time. So um yeah, from planned three month break to one and a half years later, I started university and quit because I noticed that I just want to pursue my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey. So yeah, now I'm a full time entrepreneur without any <laughs> degree from a university. Yeah. Do you think you'll go? Do you think you'll go to school? I'm curious. This is a good conversation. <laughs> I mean, I think my dad hopes so that I will go back someday. <laughs> but, 
Right now, I'm not planning to because um, it will cost me three plus years of my life that I currently don't want to invest into school because I want to invest it in my business, which fulfills me the most. And yeah, so I don't think I want to go back, but never say never. Yeah, I, uh, I like that. I mean, <clears throat> Eric and I, we went to post-secondary. It was, uh, it was an, we called it an advanced diploma program where we, we really took like an eight course workload for a two-year period. So we grinded it out. It wasn't too long, but it was tough. But all said and done, you know, try quite transparently, the things that we learned the most from school, it wasn't the theory, it wasn't the textbook stuff. It was the practical things, the things that you learn from actually doing. So it was a very hands-on experience work or going to this school, this educational based school. And uh, the things that we learned the most was like how to communicate with people, how to network with people. But you can do those things in the real world as opposed to in a school where you're, you're spending $10,000 a semester so. Um, if I were to give you advice, honestly, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. I want to dive in a little bit further. You were chatting around, um, you know, helping influencers make money. Um, mm -hmm. What does that look like? Like, I obviously know what an influencer, we engage with quite a few influencers with our product-based business, um, but how do you help influencers specifically make money? Is that helping them create content? Is that helping them land partnerships? Or what does that exactly look like for you? So we help them in two ways. We, um, for the majority, we have our digital products. We have an online course, just teaching them how to build up a social media profile that looks professional, how to communicate with brands, how to negotiate, how to land collaborations themselves. Um, basically just teaching them the theory. And then I also have influencer management, meaning I manage four other girls and negotiate all their brand deals, reach out to brands and um, like organize everything about their campaigns. And they can just concentrate on creating the content and I do everything else. Interesting. Cool. What, does a camp what does a campaign look like? I'm curious. Um, a campaign can look like many different ways, but usually a brand just reaches out to us, says, hey, we're planning a launch or we want to put this mm. product in the spotlight. We want to book some Insta stories, a feed post, a reel, a YouTube video, whatever it is. And then we negotiate like the terms like, okay, what's the timeline, how many posts, for how much. And um, I handle everything regarding the briefing and the contract and being in contact with the brand and the influencer. So a campaign can look so many different ways. Um, like nowadays, I think in Canada, I don't know how your restrictions are currently, but in Germany, normally, of course, there are some events and some press trips involved. But right now it's just receiving the product mm. and posting about it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> ever since COVID, I think a lot of things went digital. Like you can host events, maybe not in person, but you can host events through Zoom or some kind of live conference play. And I think... I think it's shifting that way, which is, which is super cool to, to think about. Now, I, the other thing that you'd mentioned is you help service-based providers essentially get more outreach, things along those lines. Can you kind of expand a little bit on that and what exactly that would entail? Obviously, you know, a little bit different than influencers, I'd say, um, yeah. but to put things in perspective, like Eric and I, for ourselves, we run a course as well, teaching people how to sell on Amazon. So selling physical products. Now, is that something that you would be able to approach and help with, or do you target specific people? No, so I, I have no idea about Amazon or any <laughs> got it, got it. any stuff that has to do with that. Um, but 
For example, my clients are oftentimes virtual assistants, social media managers, other coaches, mentors, trainers, whatever it is. And I teach them how to scale their offer, how to get clients, how to build a landing page, how to build up a passive income um, through digital products like ebooks, online courses, templates, whatever it is. Um, But also, of course, influencer marketing. My coaching program is quite individual. So everybody just comes to me and says, hey, I want to do this. Can you help me with it? And I... Mm. um, yeah, I'm very open when it comes to the topics, but of course, always in the frame of social media and marketing and digital products. Got it. Got it. Um, <clears throat> I want to, I want to talk around, you said you started five years ago, essentially, right? When you were 15, you're 20 now. I'm 21 now. So almost hmm, six years. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> What was it like back then? Like, what was it like in 2015? I know a lot of things have changed, even in, during the COVID period over the past couple of years, things have changed drastically. What was life like as an influencer ba- back in 2015? Was it different? Were processes different? Were there different ways of marketing? What, what did that look like? Um, for once, it was not as crowded, I'd say, because um, I think the big boom happened like right after like 2016, 2017 or something. So 2015 was a very, very early stage. So there were a few influences, but only the big ones. And I think over the years, several things shifted. For example, of course, there's so many people, there's a huge mass of people being an influencer and earning money online. And nowadays you don't need 100,000 or 500,000 followers, which you needed then to earn big money. Nowadays, much more important to have the right audience um, to have the right engagement rate which I found very good because you can have a million followers but if only 10% of them or like less like maybe a thousand people like your picture it just doesn't make sense so why should you pay for a million followers if they don't really see the posts so um, brands and agencies really shifted their perspective which I found quite cool because also all the small influencers macro influencers can also earn money online Um, what also shifted of course is there are more brands doing it because they all saw the potential influencer marketing and right now um, a lot of people think okay yeah we're almost over the wave of influencer marketing which I don't see it like that necessarily Um, of course there's a lot of competition now um, but there's a lot more opportunities now too Mm -hmm. interesting I'm curious to know a little bit more about engagement Um, we've done a lot of influencer marketing we've It'll hit some good home runs. Like we have some really good partners in the influencer space, but there's also a lot of people that we thought were going to be great, but just weren't. So, um, you know, let's say I was reaching out to an influencer as a brand and I was wanting to partner up with them. If I was that brand, what does, you know, your rules of engagement look like? Like what makes an influencer, you know, you, t- you talk about like the niche and the actual following that they have, but also what does that engagement look like? Does it you know, equate to how much comments they're getting on posts? Is there tools that you can use? Um, how do you vet people essentially? Yeah. So every time you work with an influencer, you should request the screenshots of their analytics, of course, just to see, okay, um, which percentage is in which country and age and gender and stuff. So those are the basic things. Um, always request screenshots because of course they also can be photoshopped but (laughs) you have a great (laughs) chance of getting the right screenshots and then when you look at the profile 
Um, I mean, of course, engagement is in the first place around like likes and comments and how's the ratio to that. So the average um, ratio you should look for is between five to 10%. The bigger the account gets, the, the smaller the engagement rate will be. So mm -hmm. just a heads up of that. Um, and also when you look at the account, likes and comments can basically be bought so easily online so yeah. take a look inside their following and inside their likes scroll through the profiles are those normal profiles or are those bots with a lot of numbers and without profile pictures and stuff like that in the name um and also what kind of comments do the influencers get do they get just emojis or genuine questions does the influencer answer because that's the that's a really important point that a lot of brands miss um, maybe they have a great engagement rate because they get a lot of likes on their pictures. Maybe they post a lot of bikini pictures, whatever it is. But <laughs> does the influencer have a relationship to their community? Do they answer mm. questions? Do they engage with them? Do they answer their DMs and questions and whatever they have? Because the community has to trust the influencer in order to trust them when the influencer suggests to buy a product. Mm -hmm. So you should always look into that like to find the right influencer that brings in a lot of cash is such a deep research um task so many people just think okay yeah has a lot of followers great a lot of likes we'll book her yeah. on him so um it's not always that easy yeah <laughs> interesting what's the difference between a micro influencer and an influencer it's a regular <laughs> Okay, so there are different stages of influencers. Gotcha, so we gotcha. have micro influencers until 10K. Then we have macro influencers until I think 100K. Then we have, um, I don't know what the next, micro, macro. Then we have the mega influencers. Those are the really big ones. I think 500K upwards. And mm. yeah, I think those are the three stages. Got and it. we also have nano influencers. Those are below like 5K. 5,000, 5, okay, okay. Okay. And, you know, let's say uh, like a micro influencer under 10 K, um, <clears throat> do people like typically speaking to put things in perspective, people that we partner up with and our, our business is very, uh, like organizational based. We sell physical products that, you know, Im improve or organization, um, improve home storage, things along those lines. And we typically partner with people under 10 K. So I guess the micro influencer stage, and we typically just give them a free product and then they go ahead and promote it. Um, what are like typical packages? Do people, can people monetize from like a, uh, like a cash perspective? Like, can people make money? Like, let's say create two posts for like 500 bucks, things along those lines. What does that look like? And what kind of stage do you need to be in to start monetizing uh, per package basis? If that makes sense. Okay. So there are not really rules you have to follow, but um, there are different kinds of collaborations. Um, as you said, you change your product in exchange for a post. That's a, called a barter deal. Then you have um, the paid um, collaborations, of course, where the influencer gets paid on top of the product and you have commission-based or affiliate-based um, marketing that I think you're the pros at. <laughs> so um, when you want to charge for a partnership, um, there is like, I mean, I don't, I only know the German um, ratios because maybe they can vary in different countries. But yep. for example, in Germany, you get when you um, charge for a feed post, um, 10 euros per thousand followers. So for example, if somebody has 10,000 followers, that means they get a hundred euros for a feed post. But of course mm. those can vary depending on the country, the niche, the industry, everything. Um, okay. And that's all, that's, that's not the price you should look at. You should also um, 
calculate things like the engagement rate, the audience, how much does it fit? How were previous collaborations? That's all factors that you should calculate into these numbers, but that's like a rough, rough calculation you can use. Got it. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think in Canada and the States, it's very different. I think that people charge whatever they want to charge. Um, my, <laughs> my girlfriend runs a bikini brand and she's had some some influencers that she's reached out to. And they're like, I'm charging like $10,000 and $5,000, super expensive. Yes, they had like high amount of followers and everything like that. But, you know, as a small business, it's just like, how, how are you supposed to make ends meet if you're paying $10,000 for an influencer? It's kind of you ridiculous. You can always try. <laughs> you can yeah. always try to tell the brand a number. And if you're lucky, some brands yeah, will pay totally. for it. But <laughs> yeah, you should always try to be fair. And of course, the brand pays you, but you should bring the brand more cash than the brand paid you. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. There's got to be a good ROI for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you only support Germany? Um, I work a lot of with German speaking clients. So all my audience and all my content is in German. So um, I have an audience in Germany, Switzerland, and also in Austria. Um, I of course can speak English, but um, I decided to stay on the German market first because there are more social media coaches in the English speaking industry, but not that many in Germany. So I um, decided to concentrate on the German market first, but I don't know, maybe in a few years we will expand to that and to English speaking markets. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So I, I wanted to get into, I guess, the whole of the status conversation. We talked about what it's like finding these people. Um, now I want to be like, let's say I wanted to be an influencer um, in, in like the modern age. How would I go about, let's say I'm starting from scratch and it's my goal to become an influencer by the end of the year. Uh, what does that look like? How do I build an audience um, for that in order that in order for me to be like, okay, I can go comfortably reach out to people and actually start landing partnerships. Like what are the things that we need to consider? There are a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) So um, back in, back in the years when I started on Instagram, you needed to have the perfect pictures. You had to be so pretty. Every picture had to be the perfect Instagram shot basically. And I think nowadays people don't want to see that. They want to see your personality. They want to see you stand out. They want to know your opinions, the way you think, what you're dreaming about. So um, I would start by putting yourself out there. Basically it's as simple as that. Start posting, start telling people what you're like, what you're thinking, um, taking them with you through their just your everyday life people want to take part in your everyday life um, almost like your private life but it's not your private life it just looks like that Um, and you also have to build trust and like a bond with your community from the beginning on and uh, in terms of okay what's the strategy behind the growth Um, I would recommend posting video content and boosting that on Instagram for example IGTV's but also in feed video and of course reels reels is currently the biggest thing you can do on Instagram to grow and also to use um, other platforms to cross promote themselves. So for example, TikTok is uh, is a good platform where you can grow really, really well. Um, It's the only platform where you can grow that good currently. So it was always like, maybe your girlfriend has a TikTok account for the, uh, for her bikini business. I hope she does because that's the number one way small businesses can grow today. So um yeah, posting video content, getting to know your audience to the deets, 
what are their pain points, their dreams, their challenges, and how can you help them? And also have a very strong niche. I always explain with the Netflix, um, like on the Netflix model, because um, people are always like, oh yeah, I have these interests and I want to do this and this and this and this and have 10 different <laughs> topics they're talking about. And of course you're a person with so many different interests, but it's so much easier to grow when you have a very set niche. Um, mm -hmm. For example, think about you're going to Netflix and there you have... 10 different shows, but every show just has one episode online. So you start a show and you really like it, but there's not a second episode you can mm. watch. You can only watch another show. Mm -hmm. Same it is with the different topics you're talking about. When you have one show with 10 episodes, somebody will binge watch that show. Same as with your content. So somebody wants to binge watch your content, have a lot of content in that niche, and that's the way you can grow. Ooh, mm, I, like I love that. that. <laughs> this is like, it's, it's really, it's really connecting with us because, um, what we teach in the Amazon space and selling our, our physical products online is to be niche focused. And what that allows us to do is one, we get to retarget the same customers and we can upsell them and cross promote other products because if they're purchasing one of our products, that's within the same niche that they're following within, they most likely will purchase other ones. Therefore we acquire the customer once and we can monetize them afterwards. And two, Exactly. Like, so you're building a better brand for yourself. Becoming niche focused allows you to have a more engaged audience. And we've also established that. And, and the other thing is you start to realize what works and what doesn't work um, in regards to how to communicate with your customer, um, how to convert your customer, things along those lines. And all you got to do is just keep duplicating and duplicating it. So I definitely resonate with that. Now, one thing that you had mentioned was, you know, get their deets, find their pain points, try to facilitate this feedback. How do you go about doing that? Do you ask questions just via messenger? Do you, do you send out surveys? What, is the, what does that exactly look like? So oftentimes people who follow you want to be like you and did almost like a similar journey. So the pain points you may have, probably they have similar ones because they want to look up to somebody and that's why they follow you. Cause just think about what are my problems, my dreams, my challenges. And oftentimes they have almost the same ones or very similar ones, but of course you can just communicate with them. You can DM with them. You can do all these interaction tools. Instagram offers you in the story. You can have the Q and a box. You have quizzes. You have a lot of things you can use. Um, and just, by telling stories from your personal life, people will, will respond to that, write DMs, react on the stories with little emojis or whatever. So you basically get to know your audience, but they almost are always on your journey that you went through. You're maybe like three to five steps ahead of them. Mm. Cool. I like that. Creating like a cult-like following. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, exactly. You're, people are attracted to, to you and you don't have to do anything different. I think that's where, and you know, you mentioned it before, like back in the day, it used to be like these super curated feeds. You had to look super sexy and you had to do all the makeup and all the fine dandy things. And nowadays you see all the behind the scenes. And I think that's where people really resonate and connect with people. So yeah, 100%, 100%, well, I agree. Um, and go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I was going to say like, you know, right now in, in, like social media as a whole, like it's changed so much. Is there any trends that you think that are picking up apart from TikTok? Obviously we know that that's big. We know that the algorithm is just not developed enough for like anybody can get famous on TikTok these days, but is there anything that you know in the industry, like the social media industry as a whole that people need to catch on to, um, or, you know, past trends that you think are going to continue and that people need to be aware of? 
I mean, Clubhouse was a very huge wave, I mean, at least in Germany, um, Clubhouse mm -hmm. was a huge wave. Suddenly there, everybody was on it. But like after a few weeks, I haven't heard anything from it because I yeah. think there are issues <laughs> with the platform. Um, so I'm not someone to look out for the next big thing and hop on it the earliest thing possible because I just want to focus on what I'm currently doing and how to optimize that and how to build up that. You don't need to be everywhere. You have to mm -hmm. have like, I'd say have two platforms and have one private platform. So that means no social media network, but for example, an email list or an own website that can't be taken away from you because social media can be gone any day. Any mm. platform can disappear. I mean, it's not likely, but it can happen. And imagine you have a million followers, but only on Instagram and suddenly Instagram shuts down and you have no way of reaching those people. For example, if you have an email list or your own website, you can update them and can hold on to them and tell them where to go next. So mm -hmm. you don't have to be everywhere. Focus on one step at a time. And right now I'm just doing that. I'm not looking out to any new platform or what's the next big thing. I put my energy all in the platforms I currently have in the business I already have and how to scale and optimize that. Cool. Love that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> You're thinking there, Brian, what did you have? I'm trying to think how I can phrase this. <laughs> I know that we, we, we chatted around, you know, building an audience, um, getting engagement, you know, having, having, having uh, curated content, things that are going to resonate within a, with, within a niche. Now, let's say I like started a page, I had zero followers and I wanted to get like that first initial boost. And I know hashtags probably go a long way. Maybe we can expand a little bit on that. I know hashtags allows us to get visibility on, um, you know, the, the, the global feed of, of Instagram, things along those lines. But I'm just trying to think like, if I were to become an influencer today, what would be the quickest thing without doing any kind of paid advertising to actually get engaged following from the get-go? Other than obviously, you know, staying focused to your niche, things along those lines, but almost like promotional things that are in a, in a way free or research things along those lines does that make sense yeah it, it does make sense okay. so as i said of course what you can do for yourself is reels and posting them on explore feed as i said because that's the number one way to reach new people yeah. but if you want to do something else um you can always do like co-creations for example um if you have a niche you can find someone else in that niche that maybe has your target audience and you can create something together for example i did with another social media coach i did a reels guide like how to use reels how to get your reels go viral and we did a co-creation on each other's like Accounts and build just a little mini guide together mm. you can do um stuff like that so cross promotion with others um of course the old things shout out for shout out i'm not a big fan of that because it it almost always just seems just like a trade yeah i want just want to get followers i don't care who they are <laughs> so <laughs> i would not necessarily recommend that okay. um um, but if they're in your niche and they have your perfect audience, yeah, okay, why not? You can always support each other. That's mm -hmm. clear. But um, yeah, I don't know I like if the there's any smart strategy to get the booze from the get-go, honestly. Yeah. Just there's no getting lucky on Instagram anymore. <laughs> no, you <don't. laughs> you got to gotta work hard. Yeah, it is like that. I love that. I love that. In regards to monetizing your audience, 
Is there a specific time frame that an influencer should start to consider to do that? For example, like when do you, when when should they feel like they have that opportunity to actually go ahead and start selling to their audience or things along those lines or approaching approaching people um, to to land partnerships? Is there a certain like follower threshold things along those lines that people look for? Um. I mean, a big thing brands are looking for is the 10K mark because you have the swipe up link. So yeah. Insta stories are the number one thing that gets booked by brands because it's the quickest way to sell things. Even though they're only 24 hours online, it's just the most personal, intimate thing. So um, mm. you only get the swipe up link if you have 10,000 followers. So brands look forward to those 10K profiles. Um, but even if you have less than 10K, even if you have like 5K or almost like 4K, but you have over a thousand likes, which is a very good engagement rate, you can try to land paid collaborations. There is no rule or like a starting point where you can say, okay, you can only start then and then. You can always try. Like the worst they can say is no, and then you're still at the point where you were before. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, brands always look at the swipe up link opportunity most often. I'm curious to know about uh, more about like the communication between brand and, and influencer. So let's say you're the brand. Um, what do you say or like, is there anything specifically that you try to show that you are of value to that influencer um, when reaching out for a partnership? Yeah, sure. So you reach out via email, never never via DM. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't even reply to these. Um, so yeah, always use email. All the professional influencers have email addresses in their profile. And if not, they're not professional and you don't want to work with them because it will be a nightmare. Um, but yeah, you reach out to them. <laughs> yeah. You present yourself and of course the company. You tell the influencers why you think it is a great fit, why they could they want to work with them. So Maybe they looked into their profiles and I don't know, found it very interesting or whatever it is, um, just to give the brand fit. That's vice versa. If an influencer reached out to a brand, it's almost a similar way. You explain the other party like, hey, I want to work with you because I want to do it like that because I think it will be a great fit because you always give a cause on why you're reaching out. Mm. And um, then um, for the brand, it's almost... Um, always the best thing to communicate all the details so the influencer can make a decision based on that. So what's the timeline? What's the posting they're interested in? Maybe what's the budget even? Um, I would not recommend that from a brand side, but from an influencer side, it's always great to have a budget to work with and to negotiate with it. Um, yeah, oftentimes brands um, already attach a briefing about the campaign. Hey, that's what we're looking for. Is there something you would be interested in? Um, please get back to us with a decision or any questions that you might have. So that's like the usual cool. email frame. Pretty, pre pretty standard. It sounds like yeah. I think it's all about like, like, how can we help each other is what it comes yeah. down to. Right. And I think it brings it back down to audience, right? Like if, if I reach out to a brand that is in the sports niche and I'm in the, um, the kitchen niche, it's not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be relevant to each other. That makes sense. Oh, cool. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Brian, was there anything else you wanted to go over? Is there anything that you think, uh, Hannah, that would be really valuable for our audience to, to know more about when it comes to content creation, when it comes to influencer marketing or social media as a whole? Like, or is there anything that you would just love to talk about that we haven't already talked up, talked on? I mean, the, maybe the thought that a lot of people think they need this and 
this and this to earn money online, which isn't true. I mean, you're teaching another way of earning money online and mm -hmm. you basically don't need hundreds of thousands of people following you. Like I started the Predator concept with 300 followers and made, um, I think a 3000 euro launch. So you can earn money online with a hundred people following you or 200 or even 50 people. If those people are your people and your target audience and you nurture them to trust you and you have a great niche. So Don't give up. Don't don't think that you have to reach a mountain of a goal. You can have very small steps and you can win and earn money and have fun and create an income for yourself. It's way easier than you think if you have the right strategic steps you have to go. Cool. I, 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 that, that kind of strikes a question in my, my mind when you talk about nurturing people. And I, I know that this will eventually, this will essentially come from having an engaged following that is cling to you. Like they're inspired by you. They like you, they want to be you exactly like you had said. Now, um, when it comes to our end, other, other end of the spectrum, nurturing leads, it's all about providing more and more value. I'd yeah. like to discuss and, and let me know if this is a completely def a different kind of frame of talk compared to what we do, but, um, like almost like a funnel, like, do you ever, do you ever look at people like, like the customer's lifetime value, like top of the funnel, you're just trying to get them to, to get in. And then eventually to monetize, you got to get them down, down, down. It's all about building value, things that resonate with them. And eventually you can monetize them. Is there something like that? Like some kind of plan that you follow in order to, to build that through your social networks, anything along those lines? I mean, there should be. As an influencer, you don't see it like that. You don't see it like a funnel, which is not very good because you can build one. As an influencer, you get thousands of people eventually following you. Yeah. And you only think about, oh, yeah, I can do collaborations and earn money online with brands. I can do collabs and they pay me for that. Oftentimes, influencers forget what an impact they have. So they can build their funnel. They can build an email list. They can do digital products. They can sell their presets. They can build their own brand to um, have another stream of income. And a lot of influencers don't realize all the opportunities they have, which is my mission to show them. Like, girl, you could earn so much money. And with your passion, you can help people. You can inspire people. Use that. Don't only show products of other brands show your own, build your own, I don't know, clothing line or what you guys like, their own cologne. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you have so their many products. opportunities and so many influencers don't know it. As an, as a social media coach, I, of course, have a funnel. I, of course, have like different products on different levels and I nurture my clients and customers upwards the little steps they go. But um, yeah, influencers should definitely use that. That's like missed out opportunities a lot of influencers have. I agree. I think, I think I, I totally agree with that. I think we take a very similar approach in terms of building an audience first, getting them engaged so that they're, they're, they're true to us. They love us. And then, you know, start building more value and then putting them down the funnel and then eventually monetizing them. I think it's a massive missed opportunity, even an email list. I, I recently interviewed someone about email marketing and there's so much, so much missed opportunity in doing email marketing. And all it is, is just providing value and then eventually putting a call to action in there and then seeing if people, people bite and then optimizing from there. It's super, super simple in that sense. So, um, I resonate with that in regards to, um, the creator concept you know, what's the vision for it? You're obviously doing quite a bit right now in terms of who you're approaching, what you're trying to do. What is it, what is it going to look like in five years? How is, how is that going to, how is your approach going to change? If you may not know that right now, so to speak, but 
Um, yeah, what's the overall vision of it? The overall vision is to show to show my generation that we have so many opportunities in the world. Like especially in Germany, we basically go through life with I don't know how to say it in English, but we only see that <laughs> one way that society goes, and there is no left and right. There is only straightforward, and that's the only way you can go through life and be successful, basically. <laughs> and I did the opposite of that <laughs> always. <laughs> so I want to show my generation that you actually can love your job. You can wake up in the morning and be so passionate about your job and your life, and you can build the life in your wildest dreams that doesn't seem real, but it can be real. And to show them how to make that real, that is the vision of TCC and the creator concept. So um, in five years, I see myself teaching a lot of great, I mean, our target audience is female. So I see myself teaching fierce females who are ready to take action, how to create their life full of freedom, financial freedom, personal freedom, geographical freedom, um, that they can eventually pass on to different people, more females, more, of course, males are welcome too. <laughs> I don't want to exclude anyone, <laughs> but also their children. So we basically can change the way of thinking, how our society and how our system works. Yeah. Um, of course, it's perfectly fine if we want to do a nine to five job, but not everybody is the same. And currently our system and society tells us that everybody is the same and everybody has the same way to go, mm -hmm. which is not the case. So, um, yeah, I would love to be a speaker on events. I would love to have a bigger audience. I want to be on stage. I want to do, I mean, I, I'd love to do like little retreats where you go on great trips and teach um, things and get to know other people, which are very inspire inspiring and to build like little circles of women supporting each other and also just creating a movement. And we have to change the way we look at our system and our society, I think. So our children will benefit from that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That. No, our, our, our vision is the same thing with the young startup in specific. It's, you know, our parents, like our, my, my dad's from Poland, my mom's from the Philippines. They're both first round immigrants to Canada. And they're very much so like, you know, get a job, um, get something stable. And that's what <laughs> yeah. most people are. I'm going to say brainwashed, but, but brainwashed for, so like, yeah. you know, they're, they're used to like, yeah, go to, go to university, go get a corporate job, um, get a salary, be comfortable, have a kid, buy a house, get a mortgage. Don't do anything for yourself. Just follow the regular route. So our goal is exactly the same. It's educating people that, you know, life isn't about following the traditional route, but it's also this additional route, um, that is, of entrepreneurship, of course, like doing something that you love, finding passion for yourself and building for yourself. So um, we're on the same path. <laughs> Overall, just breaking the norm, right? You know, mm -hmm. Just showing, showing what's possible, especially at a young age. I mean, you're 20, we're 23. So kudos to you. You, got, you definitely got a, a better kickstart than us. But even as even as kids, us growing up, we were always, uh, we always had some form of entrepreneurial drive, whether that be selling, like old clothing, just trying to make money in some form. So we always had that inhibited between us. Um, and, and we actually took the corporate route and we experienced and what I can say to a lot of people who are going to be listening to this podcast, it's great. You can make a lot of money. Yes. But at the end of the day, you're building someone else's vision and you're not building your own. So passion and love for yourself is never going to be attained to the capacity where you would want it to. And only you can do it at the end of the day. So 
we 100% resonate with that. And, and the audience that listens to this podcast is, is specifically young people as well. So um, I think it's going to hit, it's going to hit home with a lot of people for sure. That kind of leads me to my next question here. And just to cap things off here, Hannah, what kind of advice would you give someone young looking to either get into the entrepreneurship route or specifically becoming an influencers? What could they do right now um, to get started um, and what kind of things, and this could be from your personal experience and failures that you'd experience or some challenges that you've experienced throughout your, your journey here, but some things that you would give them to give them a little kickstart, a head start in their, in their journey here. Basically, just to start, don't think about what others will say. Don't think about the opinions of others. Think about what will make you happy, especially in the long term. And then just start putting yourself out there. Growing a thick skin can take a lot of years, but it doesn't matter if you make someone happy now. It doesn't matter if it's your parents, your friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever it is. If they say, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that, but it makes you happy, you should damn well do that because you have to be happy in 50 years having a fulfilled life and being like, wow, I really, I really lived my dream life and you will regret that in the long run. So, yeah, put yourself out there. Educate yourself as much as possible. Read books, watch webinars. I don't know, download as many freebies as you want uh, until you have money to invest in even more knowledge. Always educate yourself even further because it's a, it's a journey. <laughs> you don't even have it an end to it. So yeah, it never stops. You will always develop yourself and also just learn new things and never give up, believe in yourself and just have fun on the way. Because mm -hmm. you can have fun. You really can have an amazing job nowadays. <laughs> so try to use it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome, Hannah. Well, I appreciate the time. I personally, I learned a lot. I thought I knew a decent amount about influencer marketing, but I definitely have a lot to work on in terms of managing our team. So I appreciate all the great knowledge. Now to cap things off, where can people find you? Again, a lot of people are probably going to be inspired off of this podcast here. Where can people find you? Especially the younger, the younger females are probably going to be empowered here as well. So um, Instagram, website what does that look like for you and we'll also put it into the description of this podcast thank you um you can find me and on instagram on my website on tiktok i everywhere my name is the creator concept the creator concept okay <laughs> awesome hannah well i appreciate the time thank you guys so much it was a pleasure yeah it was a pleasure as well